This is B of C Live, the video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up, a conversation with Ross Lipson. He is the co-founder and CEO of Dutchie. We connected with him as part of the Lift & Co Expo at the Dutchie After Party. We want to talk to him about the company, about the startup, about the scale, and about the role that Dutchie is playing in the cannabis sector in North America today and moving forward. This is Ross Lipson, the CEO of Dutchie. Ross, thank you for making time. Appreciate you having me here. Well, you're having us here and we're having you here down in this room. Either way, great to talk to you. <laughs> nice to talk to you as well. Um, it's a little bit of a coming home for you in Toronto. Yeah, so uh, full circle. Um, I have a huge piece of my life still here. And this was like a transformative city and a pivotal time in my life. So um, previous to Dutchie, I was in the online food ordering business. And I had a business in the States. Uh, I was fortunate to exit. And right after that, I took this business model of online food ordering and found that there was an untapped market just north of the border. So I grew up in Michigan. So I quickly moved to Canada. I moved to Toronto in 2008. And uh, yeah, I had a great time here. I spent four years here. Uh, launched Grub Canada, Canada's first online food ordering business, and later sold it to Just Eat. Um, it's still a dominant platform for online food ordering in the country. And most importantly, I, I married, uh, I met my wife here and uh, my in-laws live here. So it's been great to come full circle. Stoked to be here with everybody in the cannabis space. Well, I married a woman from Toronto as well. This is how I got here. And I find it's a very common reason why people are here. Married Canadian women who are from Toronto because this is a very, very good and uh, easy place to live. That's a great place to live. With amazing people. With amazing people. But can I tell you a funny story? There is like a um, hockey skills development program for like adults. It's co-ed, and it's like um, women who are trying to get better at hockey and men who grew up in the states. <laughs> that's that's the breakdown of this co-ed. Who wins? Um, uh, usually the women who already play and like play house league and trying to get better versus the men who like don't know how to put also pads have on. A lot of love for hockey. Grew up grew up, grew up in Detroit. Did right. You, did you, do you still play? No, just a big fan, but was completely spoiled with the Red Wings. Yes. I think well, it was like a normal, uh, like common occurrence to drink out of the cup. Yes. Uh, then, by the time I was like 10, I think we had seen like at least a half a dozen cups. Yeah. So, uh, it's cause you're young. We're fortunate. Well, I went to fair. a, I think I was at a, uh, Stanley cup final when they won in DC. Does that sound right? Yeah. They played the Capitals yeah. in 96, 97, Yeah, it was some good years. So, yeah. so two, two highlights and then we can move to cannabis, but Russian no. Five. Okay. Yeah, you want to yeah. talk about this more? <laughs> I'm with you. Russian Five, if we remember them. Yeah. And then the fights with Colorado. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Met at the, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and I'm from Boston. So when I moved here, people are like, we love the Bruins because of Bobby Orr. Yeah. And hate the Bruins. Like it's there, it's very. It was like, one of the original teams. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So with the then, Leafs yeah, yeah, with the Red Wings. And, and, and Montreal. And so we go to Montreal and the kids are wearing Bruins hats. It, it doesn't go over well. Okay, now cannabis. Um, and I'm not saying this is blow smoke, but both at MJ Biz. Pun intended or no? Pun, no, no but, not intended. Both at MJ Biz, but especially here today, the Dutchie booth was the congregating place. And it's a hotel. And it is serves that role in the industry. But it's seen to come to life in a physical way at a show is very interesting. Yeah, you know, the hotel booth is, the hotel theme is kind of a fun theme. And the, the whole purpose of that was we really, so so at Dutchie, we really believe like customer support is most important, right? Um, in these fast, there's a nascent space. And for us to keep up with the space is difficult. It's demanding, it's yeah. challenging, uh, which we appreciate, right? And it's 
really important that we can keep up with the expectations of our, of our consumers, but also our retailers. And our retailers are our customers. Mm -hmm. So one thing with tech is, tech is tough. It's tough to keep up with. Things don't always go that well. And the most important thing is customer support. And we want to take a really human approach to customer support, something we've been preaching since day one. I think it's one of our competitive advantages. Get on the call, talk. We're all human here, right? <laughs> so the hotel experience is this idea of like, we want to show you that we give a five-star experience. And uh, it's been a really, really fun play. Uh, there's a lot of slippers flying around. Yes. If you've caught some hotel slippers. Oh, I, well, hotel slippers. Which are big, I'm a big fan oh of my, hotel they, slippers. Like, my wife's like, oh, you're going to a thing. Will there be Dutchie slippers? I'm like, there will be Dutchie slippers. I will bring some home. There we go. So, so if we, when it's all said and done, if we're known for our slippers, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's cozy. It's comfy. It's solid. Um, it, it is, uh, it's a good theme and it works. And it is, um, and it's exciting because certainly from when, Lift happened last time when Vancouver or Toronto, like Dutchie's just taken off, right? I mean, it's rapid, rapid growth. And we talked to your brother uh, in Las Vegas and he said the same thing you just said, which was you always have to be in tune with your customers because they, well, they see things first, they know the demands, they, they will ask you for, I don't know, what are they asking for? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it's like an overlooked thing. And it's not just on the support that we just talked about, mm -hmm. the support and the success side, but it really helps shape the product yeah. and it shapes the roadmap. And I think that there's this humility you have to have in tech, which is we're a tech company. We are not a retailer. Right. It would be naive for us to think we were and, and that we know more than they do. And they're, they're our customers. So the easiest, most simple approach that we've taken is just to listen to our customer. And Zach, my brother, who you spoke with, a co-founder mm -hmm. of mine at Dutchie, is our chief product officer. And, and we thank our customers. And we're here right now as right. A, this is our customer appreciation event. And it's here, we're here for our customers, for our retailers to say thank you, because we wouldn't be here without them, not just as clients, but because of they're the ones that shape our future. They tell us what we're doing wrong, they tell us what we're doing right, and where we need to lean in on. And they have, we, we, we really stand by this wholeheartedly believe that they are the reason uh, for the development and the evolution of Dutchie. Um, we, we simply just listen to them, and uh, that customer advisory board has been su super helpful. And they listen to each other. Right, because I think that's the other part, because um, what we find on the Canadian landscape, certainly, and I think we'll see it in other markets, retail, whether they come from retail and want to be dispensaries or like love weed and want to open a store, it's so difficult. But they do talk to each other for support. Like, yep. of course, they are competitive with each other. And I think it's that sort of ecosystem of trust that you guys have created with your customers is what retailers here yep. like there's we can't go with, like they have to go with Dutchie and they want to go with Dutchie. yeah and you know it's a really tight space if you look at the TAM right if we look at the retail count it's a moving target yeah. everybody's numbers a little bit different but you know Canada's about 2,500 maybe in the states about 55 5,500 6,000 it's not much it's less than 10,000 retailers and it's and it's just beginning the spaces in its infancy yeah. so we have to stay together um, yeah. you know we don't look at for example competition we don't see them as competitors we see them as more as partners we're all in this to move move the industry forward the our mission bigger. Yeah, yeah our mission is create safe and easy access to cannabis we're all playing a big part in that something we say is always as tides rise all boats rise with it so uh, we look at everybody in the ecosystem as a partner all the retailers that get together we love it um, and we see that competition and that kind of complexity is healthy for sure yeah. and it really is um, both where you need to like listen to listen to your uh, customers who are retailers about the tech and about what their needs are, but it's also so much uh, the rest of the industry needs to understand what's happening in store, because custom like the arrogance you're talking about like brands have the same arrogance. This brand is going to catch on with this demographic because we think it will, and then at the store level, it's not selling or it's not moving. They don't like the product. Like it's this ongoing flow of information. Some people like tune it out or turn it off or think they are above it. And that sucks if you're a brand, and it's really bad if you're tech too. Totally, 100%. Yeah. yeah, and I see that. I mean, we see that everywhere. And I, I actually wonder, you don't have to call out 
don't even talk about cannabis. Are there tech companies out there that just think they know better than their customers? You know, I think so. Um, and, and, you know, I can't speak to the specifics because we're always focused on what we're doing here. Um, but but I think it's just a, it. yeah. yeah, you know, it's a natural feeling. And I think it's just this, like, real important reset. You have to be humility. Like, humility is, needs to be a guiding principle. You have to be humble. Um, and you just need to reset a lot of times because sometimes you get a, ahead of yourself. Yeah. You get a little cocky. You get a little yeah. confident. Uh, and I think that, again, that, that, that's gravity. That's natural. Yeah. Right? So you have to defy that. Yeah. You have to hit the reset, go back, and, and, and just listen. Yeah. And you've done, uh, I want to go back to sort of tech startup scale um, thing. And you've, you've done it, well, twice. Twice. Well, this is the third, this I don't the know, third this time. is the third time. Yep. Um, but is, does it get easier each time? Or there's just more comp, like what is the... You know, I wouldn't say easier. I wouldn't say more difficult. I would say just different, Yeah. right? So um, the first two projects were both in online food ordering for very, very, very yeah. similar, just different markets. This one's complex, it's different, it's dynamic. There's a, a lot more variables at play here. And I think that the, the challenge is the opportunity and it's what gets us going every day. And further, it's not just the, the opportunity that we see ahead, um, but it's the mission behind it. And I didn't have that in food. You know, I could create a mission behind it uh, and, and, and say it, but it wasn't as genuine as it is here. Um, I've been a consumer for a very long time. I've been passionate about the cannabis space, um, but more so in like the benefits that it brought me and, the, and, and others. I saw that it was bringing benefits to me personally from direct use, but I also saw that it was bringing people together, different diversities, socioeconomic classes, different backgrounds, and it was a beautiful thing. Um, and then further, you know, through the passion developed a hate for the stigma. And hate's a strong word. Happy to use it here because I mean it. Right. Um, you know, I was written off too, and uh, you know, was 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 deemed kind of a stoner or 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 a, or a pothead and, and lazy and not productive. And then further, I didn't help by dropping out of university. Right. So uh, when you dropped out to go do stuff, you like know, on paper yeah. though, I I, might, I I didn't map to the conventional, uh, productive, highly educated, successful, if you will. Um, you know, molds that society maybe created. But in my head, I knew what I, I, I knew what I knew. I, I, I knew who I was. And, you know, right now being in the cannabis space, this opportunity is just, it's really fulfilling because it's not only just this economic opportunity, which, yeah, you know, that's a part, that's part of it, right? Um, businesses are built to produce revenue right. and, and, and look for profitability. Um, but further, there's just this innate, natural, genuine passion for this mission. And everybody here at Dutchie feels it, and I know everybody at the industry feels it, and you could see it. Um, and, and, and you know, another thing—it's really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see an industry um, as nascent as this come out of the shadows, and it's, gro it's growing as fast as—it's one of the fastest-growing segments of the economy right now. I think we have a 35, 40% CAGR, yeah. compounding annual yeah. growth rate, and to know that. Every step of the way, every transaction, everything we do is making the world a better place. This positive societal change cannabis is bringing to the world. I mean, it feels real, it real good. It does. Yeah. The other funny thing is that uh, the same conversations are happening everywhere. Meaning, like, we were in New York for an event, and they were talking about where a dispensary is going to be located. We like all the where are we going to grow or extract? Like, what is the, all this going to look like? Then we did an event the next day in South Dakota literally the same conversation where dispensary is going to go where like it's 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 this repeat which maybe gives a leg up to companies like Dutchie that are in a lot of places and are enabling sort of the growth is that you you don't want to be arrogant about it but you see the future for some of these places because it already exists in yeah. Colorado California and, and, and that's a lot of the value that we want to provide retailers our goal is to is to really create a level playing field and give everybody from SMB to enterprise clients the same tools to enable them to be successful 
right? So a lot of companies don't have the resources to build tech teams. Yeah. And it's not their strong suit, no. like ours, like retail's not ours, right? right? So it's this really healthy partnership. And we're very, very aligned and mapped to the success of each other. The better off the dispensary is, the better the dispensary does, the more successful that dispensary is, the better off we are at Dutchie. Um, so it's a really nice alignment and it's very like a mutually beneficial relationship. It's actually more beneficial to, there are other parties that it's beneficial to, the better they are, the easier it is for them to sell cannabis and they feel supported by the tech that they're using to do that, the better it is for the brands that are on it, Absolutely. The, the producers that are producing it. Everybody. Like everybody. Everybody, including the consumers. So something that we're, we're really excited um, is, is to start streamlining the operations of the dispensary. We're bringing point of sale and e-commerce together as an all-in-one package with integrated payments and, 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 and loyalty and more. And as great as that is for the retailer and that is our customer, we're, we're creating this consistent experience for the consumer that they expect. Right. They're used to buying in other industries, whether it's food, mm -hmm. regular boutique, at the grocery store, mm -hmm. then it's normalized. So our job also is to help push the industry forward by creating consumer experiences that they expect that's consistent with other industries. And uh, you know, it's just like flywheel, it's this network effect. Yeah. Everybody gets to partake in this mutual beneficial relationship that we all have. And it's just a beautiful thing. You know, I, we, we really do focus on the retailer today, not as much on the consumer, but the testimonials that are coming back from consumers thanking us for being there, for pro providing safe and easy access to cannabis, whether it's they're at home and they wanna like learn about cannabis through education, they're a fence sitter, they're not sure what to order, where to order from, and we're giving them this really easy tool to learn about the products. Because it's it's a very, it's, it's new. It's a new space, it's evolving, there's tens of thousands of products out there, all with ambiguous names, right? right? So it's like, I don't know where to shop, but more important, I don't know what to shop for. So we're creating these tools to really help normalize the industry, and it really is pushing the consumer base forward, and, and, and just, bringing more acceptance to cannabis. So it's important for us right now. Yeah, it, it looks and feels like every other industry. Yeah. And that that's good. It's it's also kind yeah. of boring. Like all of a sudden it's like, it's normal. Not, that and that's a good goal. thing. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that, you know, we, we, we talk about right now that there's this roughly $30 billion industry across North America right now. But if we look at the illicit market, it's over a hundred billion dollars. Oh, yeah. And the thing is we need, to, we need to be better than the illicit market. Yes. We need to be more yeah. convenient. We need to be consistent, trustworthy, safe. And you know, create easy access to cannabis. So that's something that we're doing. We're partnering with the retailers to develop these tools that they can then use to make them more successful, but then to ultimately give that consumer that experience that they need. And they need they, they need it and they want it. That's what's good for the industry, that's good for them. Um, I wanna go back uh, to Michigan for one second because the numbers coming out of Michigan about how much people love cannabis is kind of off the charts. It's like it's a newish market, but it is like, it's crushing. What do you attribute that as a Michigander do you, attribute, what do you attribute that to? I don't know, I know exactly it's not what it is. Related. Well, it is a little you bit. Know, I, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that pre previous to um, when it was previous to REC, when it was a medical market, it was one of the most yeah, dense. Like 300,000 patients. Yeah, yeah, it was extremely dense in, in you know per capita, yeah. if you will, uh, for medical use. So we, 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 we had that foresight. We, we saw this coming, right? Um, and yeah, it's 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 up there with the best states. Yeah. Uh, and it continues to, to propel forward. So. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is actually one of the, this is a sort of broader question that, you know, we have Illinois, there's Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania's on the cusp, Massachusetts already gone, Vermont is Vermont. Yeah. Um, but like there's fewer and fewer pockets where the states aren't contiguous, right? And I think you look at the map and you're like, nobody wants to be, nobody wanted to be first necessarily, yeah. but nobody wants to be last. And the first one goes and then everybody has to go because they lose money. And we were talking to folks in Michigan 
They were saying that like a quarter to a fifth of the sale, like between a fifth and a quarter of the sales are coming from out of state. Yeah, you know, you see that. You see that in a lot of towns, Massachusetts, yeah. you mentioned, uh, you know, New York's not yeah. fully online yet. Very exciting for New York to come online. Uh, that's another topic, but yeah. uh, Massachusetts has seen a lot of New Yorkers come across the border. You're seeing dispensaries in the Berkshires yeah. um, that are doing Crushing really, it. really, really well. And it's, you know, and, and you're seeing in Oregon, I live in Oregon right, right now, that's where we're based, and Idaho, it's a dry state. Right. right? So you're seeing a lot of like border, and that, that's a, that's a real estate play. Uh, yeah. That's a geography play for, for dispensaries that are taking advantage of it. But I do agree. I think that there's this huge momentum, right? We have the regulatory tailwinds behind us. That's for sure. Um, when we look back, we're you know, five, 10 years in, uh, we're past that first wave. We're past dipping our toes in the water to understand, is this mm -hmm. safe? Is this right? Does this have the ability to scale and be a proper industry? And the truth is the verdict's out, yeah. And it's actually not harmful. If anything, it's the opposite. Right. It's making, it's pouring tens of hundreds of millions of dollars of tax revenue into local communities. They're using that to fund hospitals, schools, everything, parks, yeah. and everything else in between. Um, there's this, there's just so much benefit to it. We're seeing opioid addiction go down. When the sky, and the sky legalized. doesn't fall. Turns there out the go. sky doesn't fall. The sky's still up there. It's crazy. It's more blue than ever. The well, grass is more green than ever. It's great. Can I ask you a question specifically about Toronto? Because um, obviously you guys have big penetration in Canada. At the beginning of COVID, there was panic. I mean, panic in the in society overall, but panic for cannabis retailers that had just yeah. come online, especially in Ontario, really within the within days of, of happening. And then there was this push in the industry, driven a lot by by like Dutchy and Dutchy like partnerships, say, "All right, we're we're going to take care of you. Yeah. This is going to happen." And uh, that's leading into a question like, has the sh how people access anything, cannabis or otherwise, changed dramatically? And did you see a change? Did you see a change? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, you know, as unfortunate as the pandemic was and still is, uh, crazy to say we're still in it. It's been, what, 20 plus months? 100, I think it's been 100 months. <laughs> so it's the new normal now. But, um, you know, we got to look for the silver lining, right? And just to stay optimistic and not to devalue, yeah. um, you know, how unfortunate it is and, and, and it was and still is. But um, fortunately, we did have a tool. So, so let's go back. Fortunately, cannabis was deemed essential. Right. And that was step one. And that was huge for the industry as a whole, right? It showed that there are such strong benefits and such a, a need for cannabis to stay not only legal, but to be available. And accessible. Right, yeah. and accessible. Now, fortunately, we were in a position uh, where we offered a tool, especially on the e-commerce mm -hmm. e side, mm -hmm. for, for people to order in a contactless way. So that was step one. But, but to your point, and especially in Canada, there were laws that flipped on, on a dime really <laughs> like, quickly. Like Monday overnight, to Tuesday or Friday to Tuesday. Saying right? like, requiring curbless, you know, yeah. like where you, you have to order and, and it was curbless checkout, you know, so quickly we mobilized teams, burn the midnight oil. We'll never forget those days. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And we mobilized big teams that, that said, we're, we're not sleeping until we get this done. We got to be here for the retailer. We have to be here for the industry. And overnight we produced these, these tools and these products, these features for our consumers to order, pick up at the curb for payments to be integrated in, in Canada. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of delivery, um, curbside pickup and a lot of payments. You had to pay online. Right. It was a contactless way. And at the time, uh, you know, this is really early on for us as a company, for the industry as a whole, these tools were not created. So we, we in those times, you, those are the opportunities. You know, some companies and people see those, again, challenge equals opportunity for us at Dutchie. We like to do difficult things. When we have an opportunity to shine and do what we do best, which is stand up for the retailer and push the industry forward, we dropped yeah. everything for it. So that was a, it was a it was wild amazing. time. We'll it was never amazing to watch it. and, the, and the, when the history is written that those will be pivotal days for retailers and cannabis and all those things, like the essential part, 
the industry coming together to do something Absolutely. very specific. The government. Right. It, it wasn't just us. It was everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was getting together. And those are, th those are the times that I love. You know, when we, we break the walls of competition yeah. and we say, all right, we're all doing this together. Right. Let's all get together. Let's all help each other out. And the, the, together we're stronger. And, you know, you're seeing that in cannabis. You know, I know it's a feisty industry and yeah. everybody's competitive and right. fighting. But at the end of the day, we're all here for each other. Right. And it does show with most yeah uh, it's a beautiful thing yeah it's really it is i want to ask you um i've heard the startup story and from oregon and understanding what the sort of ordering was like at the store like bad experience you saw a gap you moved into it but did you expect that like you you'd be like the darling of the cannabis industry it's like very shortly after in relative terms you know i think that we've always set lofty goals right so we've always been an ambitious company um and and i and, it, and when, when we go into something we want to do it right you know so this is how we always envision we we, we always had this you know, this is always part of the plan. We're sticking to our plan, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, the size and how fast things happen, um, you know, sometimes every once in a while you gotta pinch yourself and step back. But, you know, we feel like we're just getting started right now. We have a long way to go. You know, it's, it's numbers look great right yep. now, but yeah, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And we, we really, really feel, it may sound cliche, but we really mean it. We're just scratching the surface. We're in the early innings. We know when it's all said and done, we look back, this is just the beginning. Yeah. And we're really setting ourselves up for that sustainable growth. You know, we just raised a really large round. We've um, you know, raised roughly about a half a billion dollars since we started in just four years. And happy to say, we're, we've, we've allotted over a hundred million dollars to deploy into R&D. And, and that's just because our, and our product needs it. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll own that. There are a lot of gaps in it. There are a lot of areas that there are, there are gaps that we want to fill. There are areas that we want to innovate. We've heard from our customers, we've heard from our consumers. Right. There's so much more to do and we're excited to do it. So we still feel like we're behind. And I hope that we feel like we're always behind Yeah. because I think it's a healthy perspective and we're going to continue to invest in, in our people, but in our product and ultimately for the retailer, for the, for the industry. Yeah. So. And when you look at the landscape, I mean, state-wise or region-wise, like like there's lots of opportunity like there, there are bigger markets ahead than behind almost. absolutely huge yeah a absolutely i mean we talked about new york yeah. a little bit ago coming online it's probably you know it could be roughly 20 percent of the tam it's a it's projected to be a five billion dollar state and no doubt it will be and that's just the beginning again so yeah. uh more and more you know we talked about the illicit market roughly over 100 billion dollars hard to quantify yeah but you know uh but directionally yeah. about 100 billion dollars in the illicit market that, that we're not okay with that we yeah. need to create a safe trustworthy access point for that the, the consumers of the illicit market to convert um, and, and really important so we're working hard at it. And it really is, I mean that's what I think certainly Ontario and legal markets in Canada have realized like the best way to go after that illicit market is to give access. Absolutely. Like brick and mortar, e-com, yep. delivery, like yep. whatever it is, give it. And whatever the reasons are that they don't want to at the beginning, like you have to say then we will not achieve our goal right. of X. Yeah, I think New York is actually approaching it a lot better. They've they've learned lessons from the past. Yeah. And uh, but we got to keep pushing. We have to yeah, keep yeah. pushing as an industry. At Dutchie, yes, but as an industry as a whole, keep pushing the envelope. Don't stop. We're just getting started. Whether it's at the regulation level, whether it's at the product level, down to the consumer, the whole experience all around, super important. We've come a long way though. Yeah, it's like um, I was saying. Actually, I was comparing a, a show that we were observing, like in, in Europe where all the show is about what's next, like what's ahead, what's ahead, what's ahead, which is where cannabis was years ago. But now here it's like a, it's like a real industry. <laughs> like it's like there Absolutely. are service providers, like very serious conversations about supply chain. And like, it's like 
like to the stigma. Like it's getting to be like boring, like a real industry. Awesome. I mean, there's yeah. like there's we're, really we're, exciting things we're, happening. We're, in innovation, we but did like, a huge study on the stigma. We're killing. We're we're, yeah. we're debunking the stigma. When you yeah. look at the data objectively, the stigma's wrong. Right. We've debunked that. When you look at, uh, I was looking at an agriculture. Uh, uh, I think Leafly posted an agriculture yeah, yeah, yeah. stat where, where I think it was the fifth most most yeah, valuable crop. crop. Yeah. You know, it's a thirty billion dollar industry. Yeah. That's sizable. It's yeah. on the map. <laughs> we have the attention of federal government. We have the attention of all regulators across all states and the states that have legalized it. Uh, you know, kudos to those states. They're showing that it works. Yeah. And that it's not just for the direct benefit of cannabis. No. But there's so many network effects that are benefiting so many people around it. Uh, so it's just, yeah, there's, 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 we've come a long way, but we got a long way to go. Well, I want to thank you again for uh, having us here tonight and for the work you're doing. And kudos to you and the success. And keep going. As thank long you as you're so always much. a little behind, you're going to be great. <laughs> I like that. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Appreciate it. That was Ross Lipson, co-founder and CEO of Dutchie. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you heard the show. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of ongoing partnerships with Alterna Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torque and Main. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. <laughs>